We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners only 10% discount to Rotoviz by using the code RVRADIO2022. That's RVRADIO2022. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here's the latest edition of the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. Welcome in, everybody, and happy Halloween to you. So glad that you're spending it with us here on the Roto-Viz High Stakes Lowdown. I am Eric Balkman. You know me from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, the Better Sports Network's High Stakes Fantasy Football Show, as well as the Fantasy Football Players Championship. You can connect with me on the X at Eric Balkman, E-R-I-C-B-A-L-K-M-A-N. In case you are looking for some action, some weekly action in the FFPC, check out myffpc.com, myffpc.com to play the FFPC Weekly Challenge. There is no draft or salary cap in this weekly challenge. You just choose whatever players you want. You can play with kickers and defenses or without, so that'll depend upon your roster size. With kickers and defenses is a 12-man uh, roster, uh, 10 teams without. Uh, just get them in by 1 p.m. on Sunday, and that's it. Then you just watch your team's scores pile up throughout the weekend. Remember, only one player per NFL team. There is no stacking in this competition, and that's the slant. That's what makes it so difficult that you can only choose one player per NFL team. You could play for as little as $35. You can win as much as $2,500 as well. That's myffpc.com, myffpc.com. Remember to like this video, uh, comment on this video, subscribe to the channel, share it with your friends and with your enemies and get notified every time we go live right here on the FFPC social channels. Uh, let's get into uh, tonight's guest uh, on the road of his high stakes lowdown. He is the 19th place team owner in the uh, Fantasy Pros Championship heading into the Week 9 games that will begin Thursday night 
with the Titans and Steelers. He is chasing a $1 million grand prize in the competition. Guy who's already had a, a, a decent amount of success in the, in his high-stakes career with the FFPC. Please welcome in the guy you follow on the X at C. Lajawa. It is Chris Lajawa. Chris, welcome in, man. Hey, thanks for having me, Eric. Excited to have you on. Halloween went good for you uh, this evening? Halloween went great. Uh, yeah, kids brought home a lot of candy, so it was nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, we we uh we kept track. My kids went trick or treating on on Saturday in a local neighborhood, and then they sort of went in there. I, I should say, I should say in a local neighborhood, they went trick or treating on Saturday at one of their friends' neighborhoods' houses, and then they went trick or treating in our neighborhood tonight. We waited on the scale, Chris. Twenty eight pounds of candy now in our household. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, my dentist bill is going to go through the roof with these children now going forward. Not looking forward to that, but at least the candy will be delicious. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to talk about what's in store for Demario Douglas now that Kendrick Bourne has torn his ACL and is out for the season. And we're going to talk about what looks to be some changing running back situations in both Baltimore and Miami. Uh, remember, RV Radio 2023 is your code to get that Rotoviz discount at rotoviz.com. Let's uh, let's uh, kick things off here um, tonight, Chris, with um, – the, the news out of Minnesota, Kirk Cousins tears his Achilles um, and and is out for the year. Now, they did make the trade for, for Josh Dobbs today, um, and, and I would imagine that he would be the, the guy long-term, and by long-term, I mean the rest of the season um, for, for Minnesota. Now, the guy who is probably going to get the start this week is the guy who came in for Cousins against Green Bay last week, and that was Jaron Hall. Wasn't great. I don't think they're expecting much, but I also don't think they can expect Dobbs to come in and play this weekend. So the question to you is here, what are we doing with players like TJ Hawkinson, Jordan Addison, um, even KJ Osborne to a certain uh, uh, respect? What are we doing with them this weekend specifically? And if you want to look forward here, how did their values change and how does their sort of startability change um, after, you know, they play Atlanta in Atlanta this week, but how does their startability change change with Josh Dobbs or, um, a haul in at quarterback. Uh, well, I'm looking at. I actually like the uh, the Dobbs pickup, so I like that trade. Um, I think he's a competent quarterback, so I, I figured in he's definitely not going to start this week. I don't see that happening. Um, so I, I see with him coming in because I, I was very very down. I mean, he lose uh, Kirk Cousins. Uh, I just thought. It, it all came crashing down with their all their offensive players. But I think Dobbs is definitely capable of, uh, you know, leading them to some wins and getting some points, fantasy points, things like that. Um, this week is specifically, I mean, if you don't have, if you have options, you, you have to, you, you got to look at your other options, in my opinion. Um, if you're kind of stuck with some of these guys, I mean, you go ahead and roll with them. Um, if I wanted, if I trusted anybody, I would take Hawkinson just because young guys love tight ends. Um, but I see in a week with Dobbs taking over, as long as he knows the offense, I see them uh, continuing um, to go ahead and produce and put up numbers. Uh, the difficult part is, is you know, I, I've been a big Kirk Cousins fan. I think the guy that just doesn't get his credit. I mean, this, you know, he's not a guy to replace. He's just not. You know, I, I think he's a top 10 quarterback and, you know, a lot of people don't view him that way. Yeah. And so 
seeing him getting replaced is just it ain't gonna it ain't it's not gonna happen. I mean, but again, I think Joshua Dobbs will definitely get um get it rolling a little bit with them. I mean, I think he's capable of putting up the points. So I, I, I like him. Um if I had it's better than a rookie coming in, uh this this Jaron uh Hall or Hall, whatever yeah. his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean if they didn't pick up anybody, I would have just these guys would have been sitting on my bench. I mean, that's just how I feel about it. Yeah, I think that now I think I could be wrong on this, but when I looked at your fantasy pros uh, team earlier, you have both Kelsey and Hawkinson on that team, right? Correct. Okay. So now for you, um, I think a lot of people who drafted Hawkinson are like, I don't have a better tight end. I'm going to throw this guy out there. But you actually have the luxury of like, I could just uh, play Kelsey this week in, in Germany against the Dolphins, and you could sit Hawkinson if you wanted, but it sounds like you're still leaning towards uh, starting Hawkinson even with Jaron Hall. Yeah, currently currently I'm looking at it, but I do have pretty good depth on that team. Um, I, I can – I don't have the lineup in front of me because I have multiple teams. But, um, yeah, I mean, I have depth. Uh, I think that team I constructed pretty well. So I can I can swap out players. Bye weeks aren't really hurting me. Um, I mean, I got – I, I know I have, like, Thomas on the bench. Um you know, so I mean, I can get double-digit points with him, um, some other guys. So I—that's going to be a decision I got to figure out. Um, I didn't—I haven't seen this kid play much. <laughs> I didn't see him in the preseason, um, so I have to have, actually have to do a little research on him um, to see how he is, how good he is, um, and and if I feel comfortable enough, I'll play him. But if I, if I have no other choice, I'm not going to pick. I'm not going to throw in Jonu Smith for instead of Hawkinson. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, so yeah, I mean, if you got Hawkinson, you have to play him. I mean, it's not, it's not easy to replace him. It's like having Kelsey and it, it, you know, it, it, you got to play him, but uh, I got to assume you, people have other receivers like as a flex, like if, if it was same position as me where I have Kelsey and Hawkinson. Yeah. I mean, I could sit him. Um, um I want, I, um, I want to shift the focus here to, because I think that that's pretty extensive on the Vikings, right? You're looking elsewhere with Osborne. You're probably looking elsewhere, uh, e- even with Addison. Uh, you may not be able to afford to, given how hot he's been. But again, new quarterback. I think that we have to keep that in mind here uh, this week. The Rams is kind of interesting um, right now. Now, Matthew Stafford um, has been diagnosed, according to Ian Rappaport from uh, the NFL Network, uh, has a UCL sprain in his right thumb. Um, he is officially listed, according to Sean McVay, as day-to-day. Now, he came back after hurting the thumb against the Cowboys, but was uh, removed from the game uh, for Brett Rippon. We will not know. I mean, this is – I'm trying to think. Packers and Green Bay, is that a – I think it's a noon ga- – uh, uh, excuse me, a 1 p.m. game. Yeah, it's a 1 p.m. game. So we yeah. will know – what's going on with Matthew Stafford. But when you consider that even if he is going this week, Chris, um, what do you do with a guy like Cooper Cup or Puka Nakua? Uh, two guys that that have been electric, obviously, so far this season. And obviously, you know, Cup uh, in a much shorter time frame than Nakua has been out there. But when you look at Cup and Nakua, these guys have both had clunkers within the last two weeks. And if somebody other than Stafford is out there or – Stafford with a banged up throwing thumb is out there. 
I think we 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 take a step back and kind of reevaluate the situation. Is it simply no? I'm rolling with these guys no matter what, or is this more a more nuanced decision here? Oh man, that's <laughs> again, it's, it's another nuance. If if Stafford's in, uh, I believe he's healthy enough, uh, healthy enough to play. Um, I don't think they'd risk him, uh, you know, throwing, hitting the helmet or something, making it worse. So if they they, they put him in, I. I I think he's ready to play, and you start him. You start uh, Puka, and you start uh, Cooper. Um, if he's out, I'm benching. I, I'm be- none of those guys are in my lineup, mm. unless 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 I don't have an option. Um, but I don't. I this ripping. I don't know. I'm not a big fan. I just don't. Uh, I don't see him do- doing much. I mean, he's I wouldn't really, play anybody. He's a really smart guy. For what it's worth, <laughs> athletically playing playing the quarterback position, I don't know if that's really Rippon's uh, strong suit. For what it's worth, at the trade deadline today, Green Bay ended up trading their most consistent cornerback and Rasul Douglas to the Buffalo Bills, and as a result, the scuttlebutt here in Northeast Wisconsin seems like the Packers are going to be starting a seventh round rookie opposite Jair Alexander, who's been dealing with back problems himself and is. To me, if you watched him play against Minnesota, he was clearly playing hurt uh, right now. So the Packers are really hurting at corner. It it, it could be one of those games where, um, you know, even Rippon could get the ball to Nakua and Cup to to uh, to make plays uh, because Valentine, um, who is going to probably be the other corner for Green Bay, is about as green as they come. Uh, so it, it's that's another thing to to keep in mind here um, if Rippon is is playing. Um, I, I did forget they were playing the Packers, and I know you're, <laughs> you're a Packers guy, but um, actually I did I, – I, I was on there. I have the Packers uh, passing D is just horrendous, and I, I have them. I would play them. Um, but I was thinking uh, – I thought for some reason I thought they were playing Atlanta for a second, and I just kind of – Oh, yeah, no, no, and, and that's the thing. It's like Green Bay, like pretty much the whole team is – I, I do a, a local um, uh, radio show here in Northeast Wisconsin. We cover the Packers and it's been funny. It hasn't been funny. It's been sad, but like every single day, Chris, like I have brought up a new topic and I'm like, and this is another thing that's wrong with green Bay. Like there's literally is seemingly an endless amount of problems with the Packers this year. And, and honestly, like um, they, they are um, not only uh, exploitative. I think the defense has been solid uh, so far. The problem is that offense, um, and, and I would encourage anybody, anytime that that um, you are looking for a streaming defense, stream that defense against the Green Bay Packers because they're probably going to put up points. That would be the Rams this week. Uh, so make sure you're doing that. Um, I, uh, I spent a lot of money, a lot of my fab in my KFFSC leagues at the start of the year on Kendrick Bourne because of what he was able to do against James Bradbury and that uh, Philadelphia Eagles passing defense week one had a couple of good games after that. And now he is done for the year with a torn ACL, but a guy, I know a lot of FFPC players, I should say a lot, but a significant amount of FFPC players are picking up over the last couple of weeks was Demario Douglas, six round rookie for the Patriots guy has been outperforming Kayshawn booty, a guy who's been, um, you know, really the, the most reliable target, not named Kendrick Bourne on the perimeter for the Patriots this season. Um, he got a bunch of targets last week. I think he had four or five catches, not for very many yards, but what do you think about Demario Douglas going forward? I don't know if I'd, I'd start him this week, but this is a guy you got to make sure he's rostered in your league and you'll see what happens, right? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, I'd agree 100%. Uh, I would go out and get him. If he's available, grab him. Um, it's a wait and see. I can see. I I can play him this week. I have no problem playing him this week if uh, if I have somebody on a buy or something. But uh, I, I yeah, more of a wait and see. But I I'm, I'm okay with getting him in a flex um, this week. I mean, the, the kid's been getting a ton of playing time. It's been increasing. Uh, the targets are growing up, and now he's going to be the number one. And if Mac Jones can get him the ball, I mean, the kid's open all the time. I mean, he really is. I mean, you're watching. He's just open. And if Mac Jones would look his way and get in the ball, this could be uh, could be a nice uh, midseason pickup. Uh, I know I picked him up uh, on a bunch of teams um, in the last few weeks. Uh, so I had him sitting on my bench um, before it is boring news. I just thought that he would become the number two over there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know that, that the only thing I don't like about the Patriots is they're they're hard to trust um, their offense. I mean they're just uh, <laughs> I think they're what do they average fourteen points a a, a week or a game? It, it's um, not good. So this yeah. year it's it's pretty bad. So but like you see Kendrick Bourne, I mean he put up some solid numbers. So if he can get anywhere close to uh, duplicating any of that, I mean there you go. You just picked up a gem in the midseason. Um, Small guy, though. He's a small guy, so he's a slot receiver. I know they got a couple tough matchups coming up um, against slot corners, but, um, you know, so maybe temper a little bit for the next couple weeks, but um, definitely moving forward, yeah. I mean, if you can grab him, put him on your bench. I just um, looked it up. Uh, this this In the game that Bourne got hurt um, this past week against Miami, um, Demario Douglas actually led the team in targets. He had seven targets. Next closest was Ramondre Stevenson and Kendrick Bourne, who had four. And then Demario Douglas did catch five of those targets, only for 25 yards. He also did have a carry for four yards in this game, too. So clearly, New England looking to involve him on offense. You know, a lot of times, and Chris, you're a veteran of this, you pick up these guys, a lot of them don't amount to anything. And this, quite frankly, the odds are going to state that Douglas is probably not going to amount to anything. But there is that chance that he could go off and, and, you know, not be getting these 12, you know, not 
Uh, Travis Fulgham. Remember Travis Fulgham from the Eagles a couple years ago where he put up these massive numbers in the middle of the season? Then they kind of petered out, and now I don't even think he's on a team uh, anywhere. Um, I don't think Demero Douglas is going 12 for 133 and two touchdowns, but you never know when you could pick up a six for an 80 and a touchdown for for him, and that might help you out. So, yeah, Douglas, if you you have the means, I highly recommend it, to quote Ferris Bueller. Um, I mentioned the German game that's going on at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. On Sunday morning, make sure you get your lineups in early on that. Jeff Wilson, um, this past week, actually um, had uh, five carries for 23 yards. Um, Raheem Mostert, 13 carries for 46 yards. Salvin Ackman, only two carries for one yard. Now, Ackman did catch four passes. Jeff Wilson caught two as well. Mostert did not catch any, nor did he have a target. Um, what do you think about Jeff Wilson against the Chiefs this week? as a flex given his, his involvement and sort of his rise uh, in this offense. And and the fact that Mike McDaniel obviously likes him is push. Is it pushing it too far to start Wilson against the chiefs this week as one of your flexes in the FFPC? Uh, I would say, yes. I think, I think you're pushing a little bit this week. I think, I think after this week, I, I usually, I, unless I'm just like, I have no choice of course, but I'm looking at when they come back, give them two to three weeks to get adjusted. That's the way I look at it. So I'm look. I think it's Mostert's team. I think he had a little ankle injury. Maybe they kind of, you know, had a lighter lighter load than normal for him, um, even though he had 13 carries. So I shouldn't say that. But uh, I think, well, I mean, Wilson's definitely going to be, I mean, he's going to be the 1A, 1A, 1B. You know, that's how they run in Miami. I think uh, you can absolutely play uh, two backs every week with them. Um, I, I just, I'd like to see Wilson, um, you know, get another weekend. I mean, I can play him. if, you know, I mean, if I'm looking for maybe eight, eight to 10 points, I mean, which that's kind of what you look at through flex. You try at least get something like that. Um, I mean, I can see you throwing them in. I can see, I can see him getting about 30, 30 yards, uh, receiving or rushing and, maybe 20 yards receiving something like that. Uh, I mean, but the, the, the thing with Jeff Wilson is that we all notice, I mean, he can break one, you know, one run and he's, he's in the end zone. So, um, you know, he's, a, he, he's definitely a boom. He's got a low or a pretty stable floor, but, uh, he could definitely boom. Um, but I would wait a week. That's just my opinion again. Um, but I got him everywhere again. I got him on a lot of teams. So, um, I can't wait to play him. Like, <laughs> I mean, I needed him a couple times and it, he, he just wasn't available. So, um, but I do see that. And, you know, most are, he could, he could break down anytime also, you know, his injury history. Right. But, uh, so there, there's some, there's some things in there, but I, I, I mean, do I like Wilson? I love him. I think he's going to do great. Uh, have a great uh, rest of the season, uh, barring injury. Um, this week, I, I still think it's tough to play him, in my appeal. Let me ask you this. Um, Adam Krautwurst uh, from the Deep End uh, Fantasy Football Podcast, a guy who's, who's had a, a, a fantastic FFPC career as well, he always says, never drop a running back. Pick up running backs, never drop them, because you just never know when you know they're, they're going to be viable, when you can start them. And I think Salvin Ackman is an interesting guy because I picked him up, this is going back a month plus ago, and – just because he was the he was the injury away type guy. Then you had the rise of Achan, and then Ahmed really wasn't 
a thing anymore. Then Achan got hurt. Then Ahmed was back. Now Wilson is in there, and, and Ahmed sorted like this third guy. I hesitate because I'm going to have to make these decisions this week, Chris. Um, I hesitate to drop him because I know how powerful and how potent that Miami running game is. But when you consider the return of Wilson, you know that Achan is going to be coming back probably after the bye. Um, can I feel okay about cutting Salvin Ahmed at this point? Uh, yeah, I'd feel comfortable with that. Um, I don't see uh, – yeah, there's too many backs. Wilson back, he he's there. you got two healthy running backs. Achan is going to be back. I mean – it's going to be a three-headed monster, mm-hmm. um, and and I believe that. So it's going to be a little, little difficult uh, to see who booms each week. But uh, um, you know, H A Chan's probably going to be the guy that uh, I, I think will actually be the best uh, for the rest of the year when he comes back. Yeah, I'm with you um, on that. I keep waiting for, like you said, I keep waiting for Mostert to go down. Dude's 31 years old and he's playing a young man's position. I don't know how he's getting it done. Guy's still fast. Yeah, <laughs> 20, 22 miles an hour, that guy can run. So I mean, <laughs> that tells you something. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised. I mean, he he's not a guy that I picked early in drafts. I mean, you, you know, I got him in uh, mid rounds, or you know, late late later rounds. But you know, you back him up with Wilson and things like that. But uh, with that offense, I mean, any running back, I mean, each of them can tear off an 80 yard run. So I mean, they're all going to be playable, I believe. I think that's how they're going to spread it out. I don't think they're going to keep it that. If Wilson was healthy, he would have been getting a lot of carries with uh, Han and uh, Mostert, I believe, because they want to keep everybody healthy. Yeah. In my, um, I mean, that's what I think they're going to do. I yeah, don't think no, they're, they're going to overload him. And, and I'm with you too. I, I think that's the smart thing to do. Uh, we assume rational coaching with Mac, Mike McDaniel, and we usually get it, quite frankly. So I think that's what is going to happen going forward. Kind of frustrating for fantasy while all three of these guys are healthy, but we're still not at that spot yet. We'll see what happens going forward and how to deploy these Miami Dolphins running backs properly. Uh, looking at your team that's in 19th place overall, how excited are you to have Gus Edwards on this squad? He goes last week against the Arizona Cardinals, two catches, 14 yards, which is, you know, nothing to write home about. But this is coming off the previous week when he had a catch for 80 yards. And then this past week, 19 carries, 80 yards, and three touchdowns. You got to be loving some Gus Edwards. And quite frankly, no Derrick Henry on the Ravens after the trade deadline today. They still got Justice Hill. And and that's about it. Like, it is the Gus Edwards show there. And I think he's kind of a, I don't want to say a sleeping giant, but we forget about Gus Edwards, and, and and I think to a certain extent because of the new offense this year with with Todd Munkin running things in Baltimore. Uh, if there was ever going to be a more de-emphasized running game for the Ravens, it'd be this year. And Edwards is making it happen. I know it was against the Arizona Cardinals, but this is a guy who is a sneaky second running back. I think going forward here, nearly regardless of matchup, Chris. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's coming along. Yeah, he, he's a big surprise. I mean, I, I I was always a fan of him. He seems to always get hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem with him was he's not, he's not a big receiving back. Um, and now he's starting to get. If he gets two catches a game, I'm happy as could be. But yes, I think he's an RB two going forward for the rest of the year. Um, he he's with that offense I, I like I said I would agree with the monk in offense but you know with the cold weather weather coming and things like that I mean they're gonna you got to look at running backs coming up um because the running the, it, it, in certain temperatures wind blowing snow blowing things like that people are gonna be running the ball 
and Gus is uh Gus the bus is a beast. Um, yeah, I'm loving it. I'm loving that he's getting the more to play in time. I know Justin Hill is still getting some. I don't have any Justin Hill anywhere. Um, I just have Gus Edwards, so I don't I don't even back him up with any. I uh, keep Mitchell. Um, that's a guy I'm holding on to. Okay. Uh, uh, I think this kid will. I think he's gonna unsurp uh, Hill, and I think he he will be the RB two in the near future. Yeah. Uh, for the Ravens and. And we've been waiting for it, Chris, with, with Mitchell. I mean, like we had people talking him up back in September, just had to wait for him to get healthy. And now he is. And, and I'm with you. Like how, how much more of Justice Hill do we need to see to know who he is? And we're not seeing all the Ravens practices like the coaches are. So to me, like Mitchell's a very, very interesting guy. You can make the case he's more interesting than having Justice Hill on your roster going forward too. But I'm with you on Gus Edwards, man. I'm, the leagues I have him in, I'm, I'm, I'm loving life. And, and we'll see what happens going forward. Uh, especially this week, the Baltimore Ravens um, are taking on the Seattle Seahawks uh, at home in a 1 p.m. start. I'm firing up Gus Edwards in that game for sure. Uh, stay in the same division and talk backfield for the Cleveland Browns. This past week uh, in the Browns game um, against the – oh, why am I blanking on this now? I just had it in front of me. Cleveland Browns played the Seattle Seahawks. And in that game, Chris, Kareem Hunt had um, 15 touches – Pierre Strong had 11 touches, and Jerome Ford had 10 touches. I can't remember the last time I saw an NFL game uh, with, with three players as evenly divided in that backfield as Hunt, Strong, and Ford were. Um, I really don't know what to do, how to make heads or tails out of this. I don't know if they were easing Ford back in. I don't know if they're ramping Strong up. Um, I don't know if Hunt's still the guy here. I don't know what your ownership is like on all three of those Browns running backs, but in a vacuum, which one are you playing this week? Who 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 becomes startable for the Cleveland Browns who have a great matchup this weekend at home against the Arizona Cardinals? Uh, you could definitely fire up Ford, and you could definitely fire up Hunt. I think those two guys are going to get the majority of the playing time. Um, I think that last week was a one-off like we said, because Ford was just getting eased back in. He was the last minute, you know, play. Mm -hmm. he, he was questionable all week. He wanted to play. And I think he, he's just trying to show that he could push through injuries. I mean, in my opinion, I think he, and he got through it, uh, on, you know, unscathed. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's Ford's team going forward as long as he's healthy. I think Kareem Hunt's going to be the number two there. And uh, obviously Pierre Strong will be number three there. Um, unless something changes, obviously in the mean, you know, something happens, but that's the order I would look at, but I would definitely feel comfortable playing Ford and hunt. No problem. Pierre strong. I, I, I have him. Um, I, I just don't see him playable yet. And he, and he's interesting too, because like, it's, it's always different. We just talked about this with Salvin Ackman. It's difficult to keep that third running back on your roster, but when you have a split like this, I mean, either one of those guys hurt, he might have a, a significant role. Uh, would would Pierre Strong? So kind of worth keeping around if you can uh, if you have the roster space to do it. We were talking about uh, Chris earlier in the program the the Vikings quarterback situation. Um, Kirk Cousins was one of my most owned quarterbacks. I think I had him on like a third of my teams uh, this year, and that stinks because quarterbacks are hard to replace once they go down. Until we get a shining white knight like Will Levis, who is on a ton of waiver wires this uh, this week, 
uh, looked <laughs> unbelievable uh, this past Sunday as he came in and started for Ryan Tannehill. He uh, had an immediate connection with DeAndre Hopkins, and according to ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, Will Levis is expected to start Thursday night against the Steelers, which is not a great matchup. Um, Tannehill uh, was listed as did not practice today, although it was a practice estimation for the Titans. I believe it was an estimation. Maybe it was it was uh, no, that was yesterday. I think it was an official DNP today uh, for uh, for Tannehill at, at practice. Yes, that's what it was. It's probably going to be Will Levis and. While I don't want to have to fire him up this week, I may not have a choice in some of my leagues. But what about the rest of the season? I mean, the, the, the real question that all of us need to be answering here is Will Levis for real? Chris, how do you answer that question? Uh, I mean, his first game, four touchdowns. I mean, the, the kid, uh, he looked for real. Um, usually you don't see that with a rookie QB coming in and just tearing it up like that. And he wasn't playing a, a, a bad team. I mean, mm-hmm. the pass defense he was going against, I, I believe they were ranked top 10 or top 12 or something like that in the league. Um, and he goes out and tears it up like that. Um, I do I do just uh, – I'll throw D-hop, throw him up there, get him higher in your rankings. Um, because if this kid's looking for him, I mean, D-hop is, you know, nuke. He, he just he, – he's, he's still got it at his age. Um, I'm trying to get Will Levis. I'm trying to pick him up on some teams. Um, I believe that uh, I I believe he's going to finish out the year. I don't I don't know if Tannehill will come back in. I, I this is just the way I'm looking at it. Uh, I I mean probably when it comes uh, you know Tannehill's healthy, it's hard to uh, just keep him on the bench. But if Will, will Levis plays like that, uh, I don't think they're going to have a choice. I mean this kid this kid lit it up and. You know, you got Derrick Henry there, so that's going to ease it up for him. Um, you got Nuke. I mean, you got some uh, other receivers there to tight end. My sleeper tight end that hasn't done anything this year. Um, yeah, but it, it, it's it's hard because he's still a rookie, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Teams will figure him out eventually, but he may be able to, he may be the real deal. Um, so it's definitely hard. If you can grab him, grab him. You just can't let somebody sit on the bench or on the waivers that just had a game like that. And if you know, he, you know, don't overbid unless you're like, I, I'm trying to get him where I lost Kirk Cousins, which I lost him on my 19th place team. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I'm trying to pick him up there. Uh, I do have Murray. I've had Murray for a little bit. I was hoping he'd come back this week. I thought it was perfect timing, but uh, that ain't happening I, well, another and, week, but and now no Dobbs. I mean, obviously they trade Dobbs to the to the Vikings. So now it's either going to be Clayton Tune or Kyler Murray. But I got to believe if, like, well, kind of like what you said, Chris. If it's not Kyler Murray this week against the Browns, he, he should be starting next week. You would think in in week ten, right? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm reading. Uh, I, I I did read that uh, Levis is starting this week. Um, I did read that uh, Tune is starting this week. Okay. And I read that. Um, uh, what's that rookie QB in Minnesota? He's starting. That way. Oh, I keep forgetting his name too. Warren, uh, I think is his uh, his name. God bless America. Um, why can I not I, think of these? Um, <laughs> these yeah, he's not a name I'm familiar with. Um, <laughs> Hall, Hall, right? Hall. Uh, Hall? Is, oh, Jaron. Yeah, not Warren. Jaron Hall. God, 
see this. Darren Hall. I, I yeah. used to make fun of people who would do what I just did, where I, <laughs> you know, like you know, screwing up. It happens. Things. Now I get it. I get it, man. It, old age, it's coming for all of us, and, and it's coming hard uh, for me. Um, Joe, Joe King, by the way, we shouldn't know his name, to be honest. That is true. We should not know Jaron Hall's name, but we do now. And Joe King also pointing out that Will Levis already leads the Tennessee Titans in touchdown passes. I believe he surpassed Derrick Henry uh, on that this season, not Ryan Tannehill. But we shall uh, see what Will Levis, uh, his schedule holds. Uh, after the Steelers this week, um, the uh, the Titans go to Tampa. Then they travel to Jacksonville. They get the Carolina Panthers at home Thanksgiving week. And then they get the Colts at home. They go to Miami at home against Houston, uh, at home against Seattle. Uh, and then for the final fantasy week of the season, they go to Houston. So there are some exploitable matchups on there uh, for Will Levis. Now I'm kind of thinking that the fact that we talked about him so much, I'm really going to have to up my bids to try to get Will Levis on my team because everybody's going to be excited to, to grab him, all those Cousins owners. Obviously, there's some Matthew Stafford owners that probably want a little bit of security this week uh, going forward as well. We had a lot of quarterbacks go down, so Will Levis will be a hot name on the waiver wire. Um, well, with that, with, that ske- with that schedule you just told me, oh, boy, yeah, I'd have to raise my bid also because yeah, I didn't look at his, I didn't look at his up- upcoming schedule yet. Um, <laughs> so It's tasty. Uh, yeah. Yes, I mean, it is. Like obviously, like the Tampa game won't be easy. Um, but you know, Carolina, Indianapolis, you know th- that that Miami game that's probably not going to end up well for Tennessee. But it could turn into a potential shootout type game where Will Levis is throwing a lot in the second half, and then two games against the Texans. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of possibility there with uh, with Levis going forward. Um, let's uh, let's talk about uh, shift back to the Bills here for a second. Leonard Fournette was signed to their practice squad. Uh, this is in the wake of Damian Harris still on IR. I don't know if it's season-ending IR, but I boy, I got to imagine it's going to be a while before he comes back. And Latavius Murray just really failing to do anything in the specific role he is intending to play on that team, or at least what the Bills want him to play on that team. Falling short on short yardage, not getting it done. Uh, Fournette could be a guy that... Um, you know, we don't, we never talked about much in September and October. He could be a difference maker, especially when you think when the weather gets colder and uh, Buffalo really needs to run the ball uh, in, in December. Leonard Fournette could be a difference maker. How bullish are you on Fournette, the Buffalo Bill, for the remainder of the season, Chris Lajawa? Uh, well, I've always been a Fournette fan. Um, so if I could grab them, I would have. Uh, I doubt I'm going to get them anywhere. Um, I didn't pick him up anywhere early, and now it's it's definitely gonna be a little late unless you've uh, bid it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the the problem with that is right now I I think it's gonna take him uh, a few weeks. So I'm looking at nine, ten, eleven. So I mean, I think uh, come playoffs he could be he could be a beast for him. Uh, I haven't looked at the schedule or anything like that yet. Also, but uh, you know he he come in. He's a three down back. So. He can he can pound it. He's a big guy, um, and he's on Buffalo. <laughs> I mean, you gotta respect the passing game over there. So it's you know running back. You put a running back like that in there, um, he can do some damage. I just don't know how he's gonna look right now. He hasn't played all year. I don't know what kind of shape he's in. You know, so there's a lot of questions there. Um, that's the hard part about bidding on him right now. I, he's not gonna be right in there immediately. At least I don't think. I mean, he might go right to the active roster and play a few snaps and things like that. But um, 
I don't, I think he's going to have to get in some, some sort of shape unless he's been working out the entire time. That's, that's the hard part. I don't know what he looks like right now. All right. Um, let, let me just say this regarding Leonard Fournette. I don't believe I've told this story on this show before, but uh, one of my friends uh, lives in Baton Rouge and she worked at a uh, walk-ons, which is sort of like a Buffalo Wild Wings type um, bar, like chain um, sports bar down there. And Leonard Fournette would often come in, found out he's a horrible tipper. This is when he was playing at LSU. And um, <laughs> he um, would order the spinach and artichoke dip. Now, the spinach and artichoke, uh, artichoke dip comes with the tortilla chips, you dip the chips in, and, and you eat the dip. Um, it's usually a shareable. He would get it for himself, and he would not touch the chips, Chris. He would just grab a spoon, and he'd just spoon the spinach and artichoke dip, and he'd eat it just like that, like it was soup or something. So I can't imagine. Now, maybe things have changed since then. But I can't imagine that um, proper diet has ever been the number one thing Leonard Fournette lives his life by. And now he's been out of football for pretty much all summer, uh, all preseason, all regular season. And it, like to your, to your point, it might take him the month of November to get amped up. Um, Leonard Fournette in his bills and he's still on the practice squad too. We have to point that out. Um, Leonard Fournette's bills go to Cincinnati this week. Then they're at, they get the Broncos at home the week after. Um, then they get the jets at home Thanksgiving week, which could be like the first real week for Leonard Fournette. They go to Philadelphia, one of the toughest rush defenses in the league. Then after that, they're on by. Then after that, they go to Kansas city they're at home against Dallas. They go to Los Angeles. And then week 17 for fantasy, they are at home against the Patriots. Not exactly the greatest schedule in the world, although I think that Chargers game and that Chiefs game, there might be something there. And the Chargers game will be in that three-week sprint for the Fantasy Pros Championship in the main event at the end of the season. So he might be a guy, Chris, that you only deploy in your starting lineup once or twice, but that may be all you need. Yeah, yeah. That looking at that schedule could be. Um, yeah, I forgot they they haven't even had their buy yet. So right. you, yeah. you, you're bid now. You got to at this at this point of the year, it's not easy to pick up a running back that possibly could be a three down back in a great offense. Mm -hmm. So I mean, that's where you you take your chances. I mean, he he could he could be a league winner for you, right? I mean, he can come in and rush for 100 yards and catch five six passes a game. Uh, you know, it's hard to pass that up. When you have an opportunity to pick up somebody like that, uh, you do it. Um, I try to lean towards if it's in the beginning of the year and I see a starter or something or something changed, something shifted in the first game or two, I'll jump on a running back if I, if I see that he's the guy now mm -hmm. that I missed out on or something like that. Late in the season, that's, that's where we're getting at now is, uh, I don't know what, especially since he's been out of football. That's the problem. Like, where where has he been? How many teams have lost running backs and he's not on a team yet? Was it by choice or was it by nobody wanted him? I mean, that you know, I don't know. So, but that's an important thing that you just hit on there. That's an important thing that I think we need to keep in mind is he was out there for any NFL team to to, to sign him at the position in the NFL that has the most attrition that has the most injured players that you would think 
street free agents are getting signed the most. Leonard Fournette did not sign with a team until prior to week nine of the season and was only a practice squad signing. So we got to keep that in mind here too as well. Uh, the other thing that that I think is is interesting, this is a dude like um, who, who actually came on as a, as a decent pass catcher uh, in the second half of his career. He gets uh, 58 uh, passes, uh, receptions combined the first two years in the league. Then that spikes up to 76. He only plays 13 games in his first year in Tampa, only 36 catches there. But the last two years, 69 catches and 73 catches. He's not going to touch those numbers in, in Buffalo this year because he's going to have half the season to work with. But at the same time, I think James Cook owners have to understand, like, his value might be capped a little bit too if Fournette is still able to, to, to flex these pass-catching chops that he did the last two years in Tampa. That's something to keep in mind. And maybe, uh, honestly, making Fournette a little bit more desirable is even if he's going up against tough run defenses, he could still win in space. Yes, I would agree there. And and we all know that if they're signing Fournette, he's going to be – I know he's on a practice squad. We all know he's going to be brought up. It's either to light a fire under Cook to, to say, hey, let's go. We're bringing somebody in. Or, like we talked about also, it could be these tough matchups coming up. You know, Fournette's a grinder. Fournette can put his head down and get you your three, four yards. I mean, he's a big guy, so – um, he definitely will have his playing time, and that's the biggest thing. His pass catching chops is is huge. I mean, he'd come in and rush for twenty yards, but catch six for twenty. I mean, you know, and there's your 10, 10 points right there without any yardage, basically. Mm-hmm. So, I think it devalues both of the guys. Like, well, it's going to obviously increase uh, Fournette's value, but it's definitely de- going to decrease Cook's value. Um, I, and they're yeah. still throw first team, so right. And that's been that's been the frustration. I mean, there's there's been games this year where you're like, okay, Buffalo, nice nice lead here. Now we'll we'll run things with with Cook and Murray and and Damian Harris for for a few games. Didn't really happen. They were still throwing, throwing, throwing to the Diggs and Davis and Kincaid and all those guys and Khalil Shakir, especially last game. Shakir had that big uh, that big game too. Um, and Joe King uh, piping in is Lenny any worse than Latavius? Definitely not. And I think he could no. be an improvement. And that's the thing. I, I think it's Murray's performance more than anything else that um, motivated Buffalo uh, Buffalo to make this signing uh, of Leonard Fournette too. I think that's the guy that um, is is going to stand to lose the most ground here uh, going forward. Chris, I don't know if you've looked uh, taken a close look at at your um, your teams this week in placing Fab bids. Do you have any big targets for for free agents you're looking to pick up in the FFPC this week? Uh, the teams I don't have Douglas on, I'm trying to grab him. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, Levis, depending on my, well, for the, the one where the I lost cousins. cousins. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to pick them up where I don't have a backup quarterback. If mm-hmm. I have droppable players, which, you know, it's, it, that's the hard part. You drop a player and then they start lighting it up or an injury happens. That's it's, it's very difficult. It's, it's, <laughs> I mean, there's so many injuries. It's ridiculous. But, yeah, Douglas is one. Um, you know, I draft, uh, you know, Trey McBride. I don't know if he's available anywhere. I doubt it. I mean, he could still be. I mean, I picked him up. Um, I actually drafted him, and then Ertz was t- taken over. But, uh, yeah, those are my guys. And I also like Mike Wilson. Um, 
yeah. I think he's I think he's going to have a great second half with Murray, as long as Murray's back. Um, I think I see him all over the way everywhere. Um, he, he's available. Um, so if, if you guys want a sleeper, uh, somebody you know you can try to snag right away or something. Uh, try to grab that Wilson, um, you know, or Douglas. Douglas is a guy that that I think is still out there in a few leagues, and and I know he got picked up, like you said. I mean, you already had him on some of your rosters already, um, but I think if he's out there, you got it. You got to go out and get him. Wilson, I think, is interesting too. Um, we got a question from the uh, from the YouTube chat. Uh, Joe King, any hope for Taylor Heineke and Atlanta? Now, um, Tori McKell, uh, Tori McKelleny, who covers the Atlanta Falcons. Um, had the quote from Arthur Smith in his presser today. I promise you I'll come in on Wednesday and tell you who's starting. We we don't know if it's going to be Desmond Ritter. We don't know if it's going to be Taylor Heineke. Now, Monday, Arthur Smith uh, said that uh, Ritter's health was the team's primary concern going forward. Uh, but he also didn't say that if Ritter's healthy, we're going to go with Ritter. Ritter was actually cleared to come in to that uh, Tennessee game uh, late but Arthur Smith decided to keep Taylor Heineke in there uh, as well. Um, Desmond Ritter in eight games has turned the ball over 12 times. And Heineke is a guy that has, has the moxie, right? He's got that Brett Favre gunslinger moxie that uh, could get it done. And we as fantasy uh, players are hoping that if it is Heineke, um, that he will be slinging the ball to Kyle Pitts and Drake London and Bijan Robinson and getting the ball to their best playmakers. So the question here from Joe King, any hope for Heineke in Atlanta? Yeah, I mean, I would kind of hope that Heineke is the guy over Ritter. Might mean better things, uh, Chris, for for Pitts, Robinson, and London. London, if he plays, I know he's dealing with the groin right now. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I mean, Ritter's just been awful. Um, It's probably the best thing, you know, maybe with Ritter getting a, a minor injury there, they could say they're, you know, taking it easy with them, want to bring them back 100%. But I think Heineke is going to go ahead and lead the team going forward. Um, and I do, I do, you can bring up all the fantasy players. Um, you can move them up in your rankings. If he's, if he's, it goes as a starter and uh, continues, I would move everybody up. I mean, Ritter's been, yeah, not, just, just not good. Yeah, no, no, uh, he has not been. And it, and it, the problem is too, not only is it bad for him, it's bad for everybody else on that, that because you're really capping the, the, um, the upside of all your, your skill position players uh, going forward. You, you've mentioned several sleepers in, in the show tonight, uh, Chris, but is there anybody out there? I know this is a difficult question. Is there anybody out there that a lot of FFPC players are going to start this week that you would have a little bit of caution to, to starting? Uh, in other words, um, Oh yeah, you know you drafted this guy here. Um, he looks like he's got a decent matchup. I'm going to play him, but you're of the opinion that eh, not so fast. I don't know if this guy is going to produce this week. Are any of those players out there for you in week nine? Um, where did I have that? Yeah, I was thinking about a few. Uh, I was I was definitely thinking about um, uh, Hawkinson. He's he's one of my guys. Uh, you know it's. It tears me apart to, if I have to take him out of lineup um, because such a big part of my team. Um, so I'm definitely worried about him. I'm definitely worried about everybody in Minnesota um, yeah. this first week back uh, without Dobbs in there. 
um, I definitely will have more confidence with him in there because he's just capable of throwing the ball and I know what I'm getting from him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm worried about him. I'm also worried about uh, Cup, Luka, um, if if uh, Stafford's out. So those are my, those are my guys. I mean, those these guys are like – you're not taking them out of a lineup, and I can't believe I'd be considering that because I think if you're in the NFL <laughs> and you're a quarterback – I think you should be capable of able to throw the ball to people. I mean, <laughs> that's your job. I mean, I, I just don't get it out. Some of these guys come in and are just horrendous. Right, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, the Gi- look at the Giants. They, Tommy DeVito, they threw- was, that was bad. That was bad. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand. I don't understand how he's on the team. I mean, if he's that bad, why well, don't I, you know, it's 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 mind-boggling. Is he somebody's kid? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I just don't get it. Uh but yeah, I mean, it, it makes me nervous. You got a lot of stud players. I mean, it, uh, that uh, you just don't know what to do right now. It's 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 a difficult decision. Um, I'm hoping that most people do have their uh, backup they could throw in there. Mm-hmm. Um, on a team there that I have pockets and I'm debating if I'm playing or not. I got uh, Douglas on that team, so right. I mean, I'm looking at Douglas starting to play better, so I could swap him out. Um, you know, if my gut tells me that he can, he can do a little better. Um, but yeah, you just, some of these guys, you stick in your lineup, you just uh, hope for the best. Um, you definitely want to play your studs. That's, I always say, regardless of the matchup, play your studs. I mean, you have to, you'll regret it if you don't. Um, but when you have backup quarterbacks and things like that coming in, even backup quarterbacks, as long as they're competent, right? Right. But it's so wild because we we we're we might have a battle of the backup quarterbacks in Atlanta, week nine, the Minnesota Vikings led by Jaron Hall taking on the Taylor Heineke led Atlanta Falcons and oh by the way the winner of that game will move to five and four and in the forefront of the wild card chase in the NFC. It's a funny game, but we love playing <laughs> it. We we love talking about it as much as we love playing it. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for for joining me tonight. Uh, really enjoyable picking your brain and and uh, very entertaining stuff as as always from you. Uh, good luck in trying to bring home that million dollars in the Fantasy Pros Championship. Only 18 teams ahead of you, eight weeks into the season. Certainly a fun spot to be in. May the ball bounce your way this weekend. We will continue to follow you on the X at C. Lajawa. Uh, be good, my friend. We'll talk with you again soon. All right. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, Eric. Appreciate it every time, man. Absolutely. Take care, buddy. Thank you. You too, Chris. Chris Lajawa uh, at C Lajawa, C L E J A W A on Twitter. Uh, excuse me, on the X. Put a quarter in the jar, Balky. Um, on the X, that's where you could follow Chris. Uh, 19th place in the Fantasy Pros Championship as we head into week nine, less than t- uh, 48 hours away from week nine FFPC fantasy football with the Steelers and Titans getting it on on Thursday night football. Uh, the high stakes slowdown, the road of his high stakes slowdown will go live again Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern time. A week from today, we're going to talk with the seventh place team owner in the FFPC main event. Bill Wonky is actually going to join me on that program. Uh, high stakes fantasy football show is live at 7 p.m. This Thursday, it is the perfect pregame show for Thursday night football. Join us on the better sports network. Myself and the FFPC's own Dave Terpoli are going to be taking you into that Steelers Titans game. Uh, And then the high stakes fantasy football are on this uh, very same YouTube channel. All these shows are on the FFPC show uh, socials, Twitter, Facebook, and excuse me, X Facebook and uh, YouTube. Uh, Farrell Elliott, the KFFSC commissioner and I going live with another big high stakes player 
Friday night at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Go to myffpc.com to play in the FFPC Weekly Challenge. No draft or salary cap. You can play with kickers and defenses or without them. Choose the 10 players or 12 players that you want. Only one player per team. Um, and uh, once they're locked in by 1 p.m. on Sunday, you just watch their scores pile up throughout the weekend. You can enter for as little as $35 and win up to uh, $2,500. Remember, only one player per team on that format. You can play the FFPC Weekly Challenge, myffpc.com, myffpc.com, myffpc.com. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, comment on it, share it with everyone you know, and uh, get notified every time we go live, which will once again be Thursday night at 7 p.m. Appreciate each and every one of you watching. Enjoy your Tuesday night. Get those bids in on Wednesday for uh, the Fab Run coming up at 10 o'clock p.m. Wednesday night. And don't forget, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time kickoff uh, in Germany. And you don't want to miss this one. Dolphins and Chiefs, it's going to be a blast. Make sure you get those lineups in early this week. Be good, everybody. We'll talk with you again on Thursday. Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 10% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast.